Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. (laughs) A book and a bear. Hello everyone and welcome back to A Book and a Bev. We are your hosts, Bryony, Georgia and Ellie and we are back in our vampire fantasy era. Yes, you heard me right. If it's not covered in blood and dripping in sex, then we simply do not want it. True. Dripping in sex, I question Dripping that. in sex. No, I want it. I want it dripping. <laughs> so what we've got this week, everyone, is The Ashes and the Star-Cursed King by Carissa Broadbent. And if she doesn't hurry up and release the rest of this series within approximately three weeks, she's going to have <laughs> <laughs> on her hands. I know that she Indeed. said spring, summer 2024, but I simply cannot wait. We will be throwing hands. We will, we will be. So what are we drinking? So I was going to be drinking red wine in honour of the blood, but I needed a break from alcohol and also I'm poor and didn't buy anything. So I'm having a coffee instead. <laughs> Less. Well, I was going to be drinking something to do with the blood, like aka red wine, but I actually decided to do squash and vodka in a fancy glass. Oh, that just, is a fancy glass. Just because I was like, I had some vodka in my fridge. Ooh. I had some squash in my fridge, some vodka in my cupboard, and here I was going to say, you chilled your vodka? Wow, okay, Mm-mm. here we go. No, we're not fancy up in here. It's in the cupboard with the rest of the scroungy alcohol. I'm pretty sure it's like $25. <laughs> dollar vodka too it's like it's the it's the shitty kind the dregs we're on a budget exactly right (laughs) well i am drinking white wine symbolizing the sweat dripping off of rain in all of the best ways please i'm just running around after him with my glass just come on just standing underneath him like you're under his balls you you get get the i'm not drinking i'm not drinking ball sweat (laughs) Let me make that very clear. I'm not going anywhere near that. Ball sweat. (laughs) That's where we're at as a collective, collecting ball sweat to drink. Okay. I noted. Met the sweat glistening on his abs, but. Yeah. Oh, we could do the abs too. That's fine. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it gets a bit extra salty if it's coming from his balls, right? It would. It would. Okay. Maybe. leave that there what did we think about the book well i am devastated that this is a duet i mean obviously like ellie said it's going to be a bigger series but like i feel like rain and araya's their kind of story is done it says it's the nightborn duet on the book and i'm devastated that it's not like fifteen thousand books in the series because i don't want to leave this story i loved this book like 80 percent of the time it was five stars for me but in the same way that i felt when i read aqua war i think carissa pulled her punches at the last minute and there were two too many of our besties left alive and I was expecting like my heart to be literally ripped out in the end. It's not like I want them to die but I also feel like some people should have died. Yeah. I loved the smut and the begging actually sent me to the afterlife. Basically, thank you, Carissa, for a goddamn good book. Fuck yeah. Look, it's time to set up camp because I've chosen this is where I shall die. Bury me with these books, slap my ass, call me a good girl and call it a day. (laughs) Clearly, I was distressed after finishing this book. I don't know if you can tell my notes are like, <laughs> look, fair enough. It was a climatic it, ending. Yeah, look, the first half of this book was slow. It was like irritatingly slow at points, but it was so worth it in the end. When we got like that heat spice moment, uh, throw me in the bin, I'm violently vomiting. My heart almost got ripped out of my fucking chest. And I agree with Bryony that I was expecting more death, but boy, oh boy, did that war scene fucking hurt. Oh, death. But I loved it. I loved it. I loved it. I need more. 100% agree. Definitely. Well, yeah, fuck me, Dad. This was a bloody good book. I was just so glad to get some rain POVs in this book because that man, that man, need I say more? Mm -hmm. He could destroy me and I would say thank you. I think the complexities of Araya's feelings were dealt with perfectly as well. Like in so many of the books that we've read so far, we get a little bit of death and it's kind of just glossed over. But here we actually did get to experience her grief and it felt really real. Like her trying to find whatever is left of Vincent in the palace. That for me felt a lot more real. So this was really good. I was kind of expecting the happy ending given this book is a duet. I didn't think that we'd end it too sadly, but I would not have coped if Rain died. I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have recorded this episode. I would have boycotted. I would have been writing letters <laughs> to Carissa to resurrect her. <laughs> 
But yeah, I'm just, I'm obsessed with everything about this book. It was amazing. I loved it. I would read it again. And I, in fact, I will read it again. So good. Indeed. Well, to start us off, let's have a little rehash about who we know from last book that's making an appearance and who are some of our new people. We have all of our faves from book one, aka Araya, but she is now the heir and the queen of the Hiage Nightborn Vampires. She is trauma-fucked horny and angry. Then we have Rain. He is the heir and king of the Rishan Nightborn Vampires, also trauma-fucked and scared and horny. Then we have Septimus, aka the infected septum piercing, aka bloodborne dickhead. <laughs> then we have Mish, our sunshine fire bitch. Bitch is used affectionately in this instance. Correct. Indeed. Then we have Jessamine, which is Araya's general who is still just vibing. Then we have Vale, who is Rain's general and is also just vibing. Then we have, I don't even know how to say this one, Carius, Carius, Casius. I don't know. He's Rain's right. Casius. <laughs> no. <laughs> I can confidently say that's no. Anyways, we don't like him because he's Rain's right hand man, but he's also a dickhead and a fuckface. So we don't like him and we don't care how to say your name. I'm just going to call him something different each time to be petty. <laughs> like when there's a guy called Tom, so you call him Tim. <laughs> Yeah, all your name is Liam forevermore. <laughs> so then we have Simon, who is somehow even a creepier pedophile sexual abuser and Republican presidential candidate. Nice. Oh my God, yes. I nearly yeah. made a Trump reference. I nearly did in my notes. We are one brain. <laughs> one mind. One brain cell that we shell collectively as a throuple. But... Branny, you, you did forget who might possibly be the most fucked up character in a book we've ever read on this podcast to date, and that is saying a lot, given we've covered Credence and Sabotage. <laughs> I, I forgot about her. I already yeah. know. Evelina? Evelina? Oh, God. Which has got evil in the name. <laughs> it does. So this is the cousin who has a cult of turned children who don't emote. <laughs> she is weirdly always sexual, has a dark obsession with Daddy Vincent, and again, cult of children. <laughs> It's mm. evil Elena Gilbert. Oh my god, it's god. evil Elena. <laughs> And all of the oh. children, they only say Elena sayings. Like they all just oh, stand there no. and go, Jeremy, Stefan. That's all they do, those poor children. All right. So from day dot, we start the book with the prologue. And the prologue has me stressed. We get Rain's point of view leading up to the end of book one, aka like her eyes were the last thing he saw when he died. And then we get this sprinkle of terrible foreshadowing for what is to come, which is maybe the king always knew that that his greatest love would be his ruination. Maybe he knew it the moment he met her. He'd know it the second time he died too. Yeah. Vomits. Big Vomit. no, Carissa. I ignored that. I read it and was like, nah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Not in this book. Not in this book. We then start part one and we start the book off with Araya wanting to stay asleep as it's the only time she feels close to her dead daddy. Araya yeah. obviously needs therapy, but she will not be able to get it because the healthcare system in Sivraji or whatever the fuck we are is shit. It's probably the equivalent of America's, so. <laughs> well, there's Republicans coming as well, so remember, it could all work. It ties in. No, it mm. could. Rain is knock, knock, knocking at her pelvic floor. I mean her bedroom door and fucking with her vibes. And Araya wants to hate Rain, but also recognises that he has, like, genuine feelings for her, so it's a very conflicting. And then they have a meeting with all of the racist-ass Rishan nobles, which big it. Mm. Yeah. But you better believe that Rain is already pushing the boundaries of what is considered acceptable as he, like, seats Araya right on a throne next to his when she's meant to be his slave wife. Mm, I love it. Another good moment that Ellie touched on when she spoke about how she felt about the book is we get two point of views, and you better believe it is because Carissa wants to absolutely annihilate our well-being. At this stage, we are in Rain's point of view as this meeting starts, and we discover that he is essentially having to deal with the people who enjoyed his slavery, and he's trying to assert his power it does not go well because martis aka the brother of one of the og villains aka simon is like nah you're not the vibe so rain yeets his body it's hot and i'm not going to sit here and act like it's not araya also agrees with this sentiment <laughs> <laughs> The quote we get is, I glanced over my shoulder. I wasn't sure why. I did it without thinking. The look on Araya's face struck me. Satisfaction. Bloodthirsty satisfaction. The first time in weeks I'd seen something that looked like fight in her eyes. Goddess, I could have fucking wept for it. There she is, I thought. It makes me feral. It makes me so, so feral. Feral. Vale appears and we discover that although he is from that era of Rain's life, he is now Rain's general of war 
and kind of like breaks the tension. He kind of shows up and is like, oh my God, his body went that way. His head went that way. Oh my gosh. I remember his head went that way. <laughs> that way. And his leg went that way. way. Both Araya and Rain are like eye fucking each other every other second, but it's fine. We aren't there yet. And instead we have to act like Araya does not understand that they are star-crossed lovers. <clears throat> I know. That annoyed me. I was like, guys, Araya, I know you're grieving your dad. I know he's dead and, and your I lover know. killed him. But please, just fuck him. Just, just, just fuck him. Do it for the community. <laughs> Septum piercing is still being fucking weird and overly obsessed with Araya, but it's fine. He mentions an attack that will need to be altered as Araya goes to her room, so she like overhears that. She's like, hmm, interesting. Whoever shuts her in her room doesn't lock all the locks on the door. So it's time for her to begin an escape plan. In Rain's point of view, we discover that he is in fact holding a grudge against Val, not only for the past, but because he has a newly turned wife called Lilith. Which also, if you're a human called Lilith, you are obviously only destined to become a demon or vampire because Lilith is literally the name of the mother of demons. So like, who would just call like an average human that? Exactly. It's an odd choice. It's an odd choice. Seriously. Unless she was like Lily and she chose it. She was like, you know what? I've transitioned. (laughs) Fuck. (laughs) Lily is my dead name. Um, And Lilith is my new name. Did you just make a trans joke about Lilith? It came out and I was like, oh no. No, that's actually like a serious thing. Like it, it could work. It could genuinely be both like it's also trans, but it's also like, well, she it is her dead name. She's dead. It's not a joke, but it was just, anyway. I applaud. <laughs> I welcome it, in fact. Okay. Rain does not trust that Vale is not abusing his wife. And moral of the story, Rain's time as king has not been smooth sailing. Uh, the Bloodborne are a serious problem, along with the racist ass Republicans, aka the Rishar nobles. And they're rebelling because, again, they were like, we do not believe the outcome of this election. Rain's advisor, remember, we're going to call him um, this time it's Capsicum. Is like the solution to most of our problems is obviously to kill Araya. And Rain is like, obviously not. That pussy is popping. I said that in book one. Rain has chosen for his bedrooms to be next to Araya's rather than the king's chamber because again, he's like, well, I did kill my girlfriend's dad, so it's pretty weird to sleep in his bed, especially if I still <laughs> want to fuck her. <laughs> so he he picked those rooms because the soundtrack is better. Okay, he can just hear like Araya's loud sobbing from the next room. Sick. It's just dead quiet, and then just. <laughs> And I picture it like a Kim Kardashian cry as well. Like, yeah. it's not pretty. Abrea decides to go exploring and sneaks out of her freshly unlocked bedroom. She's still hearing Vincent's voice in her head, which seems super weird and is obviously still devastated about her dead-ass dad. Sad face. Araya finds a weird broken glass thing that turns essentially into an iPhone 13 FaceTiming situation and she realises that she has the correct Wi-Fi signal to be able to speak to Jessamine. Before she can really talk to her, though, she can hear Rain and Corn walking past. Rain stops walking and what do you know? He could smell her. He is like, what are you doing in my swamp? But it's Araya's swamp first, so he feels bad. <laughs> oh, God. Shrek, why are you here? He is like, also, I can hear you cry at night and obviously she doesn't not take that well and he again (laughs) says that he wants to rebuild or destroy the world with her like he's open to whatever she wants but she is like I simply cannot look past the fact that you killed my dad back in her rooms Araya facetimes Jessamine again on the mirror and warns her about everything that she overheard from septum piercing (laughs) in the interlude for part two we get more of Rain's point of view as he is turned into a vampire which I liked getting his like origin story essentially Mm. but in real time he is just hating on septum piercing because he has pulled his men back at the last minute from a big attack that they were working on and rain is like this seems super sus and the vibes are iffy i threw one of my feathers in the air and it didn't float iffy. wind shifting <laughs> he's like oh no kick's gonna be off to the right here boys <laughs> rain is in fact correct and the vibes are iffy as there is in fact an attack shout out to jessamine as she blows shit up to mimic the attack on the moon palace from book one which just seems super fucking petty and i love it araya uses the chaos to join the fray but like then there's this moment where like she's raced down she's avoided septum piercing slightly and then she's in the battle fighting demons and shit and then rain's obviously joined the battle and he looks across the smoky exploded ground and recognizes her body anywhere smash rain is like fuck i'm actually more turned on by how much more powerful you are now that you're like queen and all that shit and she is like let me go and he is like obviously nah again pussy be popping Mm. she is like but why though and we get this moment where it's like why because if i let you go i'm committing treason against my own throne because if i let you go i'll have no choice but to fight against you out there 
because if I let you go, you become my enemy in earnest and I can't kill you, princess. I've tried. I can't. <laughs> Uh, I'm gonna be <laughs> sick. <laughs> he is everything. Tamlin is not. Mm. Oh, it's giving marriage of convenience. It's giving enemies to lovers. It's giving me all my favorite things. I'm just violently being sick in the corner, like just it's, violently. Yeah, look fair. Ultimately, Araya ends up facing rain in battle. And again, more quotes from me. No one is surprised. It was all her. Deadly and stunning. Even her hatred was fucking beautiful. We remained there, locked together, both panting, just like it had been in the Kajari, like fighting a mirror. You're holding back, she said, a throb in my chest, in the ghost of a wound that didn't exist. Oh. Oh. Elite Mr. and Mrs. Smith. That is Elite. (gasps) Elite Mr. and Mrs. Smith. Oh, it's too good. To be sick. I love it. She's unwell. Araya once again gets close to killing rain but cannot deliver the killing blow and this realization shocks them back but then an arrow hits a rayer in the chest and it's a bit distracting Can you imagine that they're just like eye to eye it's like oh my god i'm not gonna kill you <gasps> where does that leave us arrow in the chest yeah it leaves us dead <laughs> that's where it leaves us. not even <laughs> metaphorically literal arrow in the chest yes yeah death Araya manages to give Jessamine the order to run before she blacks the fuck out. When Araya comes to, she's in the nude and Rain is bandaging her up. And they both try to avoid the elephant in the room, aka the fact that they can't kill each other. Oh, I thought you were going to be like, aka her nipples. (laughs) (laughs) It's got really big areolas. Um, (laughs) On alert. They're abnormally large. It's like Nick Jonas. <laughs> oh, my God, not Nick Jonas. <laughs> so, yes, they can't kill each other. There's that. But Septim Piercing knows that it was Araya who revealed the intel to the Hiage and uses this to basically put forward, like, a whole new agenda. God blood? It's basically, like, she's going to help them find this God blood thing, which they think Vincent hid or she dies for treason. Araya's like, cool, uh, kill me then. <laughs> like, I if want that's the, death. I want to die. But then Rain takes her on like an excursion to his secret loft and basically pleads his case. They need to team up to do a septum piercing and in exchange, Araya will go free. Well, okay. she can't because you're destined to be together. You're destined to be together. You don't get how this works. <laughs> to sweeten the deal, Rain gives Araya her father's super special sword with attitude. Like as in the sword has an attitude, not Rain giving it to her with attitude being like, oh, he's, <laughs> he's actually just stabbed her in the chest yeah. <laughs> yeah. not the way we hold swords he has not practiced scissor safety as a child <laughs> Araya is like that okay I'll just use this opportunity to plan to kill you because it's worked so well every other time I've tried Rain is like obviously we need another training montage to seal the deal so that's fine I love that we all love that Bryony needs that so it will happen then we are reunited with Mish who is fully recovered from book one Hi, Mish. Rain tries to be like, no, it's not safe for you to be here. And Mish is like, you cannot tell me what to do. I'm obviously going to be a big part of the series going forward. And so I must be here. Mm. <laughs> I'm a returning <sighs> character, Rain. Fuck. It's I'm a contract. returning character. Araya is now free to roam the castle and bumps into septum piercing in the library. And it's very obvious that the infected septum piercing, like his bloodborne disease, is really getting worse because he just like his hands just shaking for a while. And they both just stare at it and then they just act like it didn't even happen yeah <laughs> like okay sick love that for you at this stage as well Araya is taking her feelings out on a training dummy and Rain is like well mark me down as scared and horny they begin to spar and it's hot they're hot Araya is literally hot and like night fire is burning out of her it's great <laughs> Rain takes this moment to be like, uh, FYI, you are half a vampire. So there is like so much that you don't know about yourself. Uh, so just FYI. Cool. But we ignore all of that and her possible like longevity, blood drinking urges, anything else that could be related to a vampire because Mish is there and Mish and Array are reunited. And it's very, very cute. Um, and then it's time for their first stop on their, uh, God blood quest, which is to travel to the city of Lahore. Not your mama is a whore, but close. <laughs> 
Lahore. That was my summary for part one because I feel like part one is just sad and Rain is like, oh no, she's sad and I don't like that she's sad and then we want to get out of there. Part one, you're like, can we just move it along? Like Georgia said, it's quite slow. So I was like, mm-hmm. I don't want to stay here too long. The complexities of grief, it's just, it's depicted beautifully. She it such is. Job. It is. Like, and that is all very true. Even building up to the way that Aurea will forgive Rain, I liked that we had that foundation. It's not just like, oh, well, okay, well, I love you, so I forgive you. She has to, like, yeah. work at it. So kicking off, basically throughout the rest of this book, you get lots of interludes of Rain and when he was turned, his relationship with that other chick, etc., etc. But we just jump straight past that because I don't care about it. Aurea and Rain are still burning heads but decide it's time for a holiday to go see Aurea's cousin. And that's that weird evil lady. Evil Elena. She is where daddy was from. Like that's where she's staying. That place, Lahore. Oh my God, it's not your mother's a whore. It's your father's a whore. They need to basically find more things like the broken mirror that Araya can work with because she's Vincent's daughter, blah, 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 blah. Septum piercing is being weird and twitchy again. So that's really cool. And evil Elena is like, oh my gosh, I've got some nibbles for you. But turns out it's actually nipples because the naked lady is being placed on the table, splayed out like a feast. Oh my God. It's a big yikes. (laughs) Areolas for everyone. Evil Elena is a fucking weird cunt and everyone in the room is basically like 10 years old and there's this weird moment and just, it's weird. Rain and I stood in the corner of the ballroom watching her spin around in circles with one of her child nobles, laughing hysterically while the child's face remained that of porcelain (laughs) still calm. Nope. No. Absolutely fucking not. Oh my God, we're going to revisit one of our jokes from book one, which is something worse than a rapist. A child. A child. A lot. Too many. Walking into a room and then like 50 kids that do not emote. They have no expression. They all just stand there and stare at you. No. I'm dead. But Evil Elena tells our girl how like daddy killed her entire family and her too. But the mother let her live. So super weird if he vibes. Also like all the children that are there, she's basically bought human children and then turned them. And the turning process is like not even 50-50 odds. And she's only picked children who look like her. <laughs> like they're all the same blonde and pale. It's just so bad on so oh my many God. levels. <laughs> so Rain and Araya go for a midnight fly around the palace. And Araya thinks that she might have wings. She's not a horse girl, but she is a <laughs> I was wondering where that was going. Rain agrees and is like, you know what, what better way but then to just push you off the fucking roof. Luckily for us, she does indeed sprout wings. We get this moment. Rain <laughs> swooped down beside I am me now just imagining I... a Brussels sprout with wings. I'm just, no, I'm imagining bean sprouts. And... Oh, no. <laughs> Rain swooped down beside me and I glanced at him. He was grinning with pure childlike joy. That smile, it made my stomach clench. And she ends up having wings, which exactly like Vincent's. Vincent, the king, was a lying cunt and didn't tell her about her potential because he was afraid of her because she can't handle that truth. She gets pissed off with Rain and tells him to fuck off. Bad Just a giant circle of miscommunication. (laughs) Again, no therapy insight. Absolutely not. None. So she ends up finding like this super secret item that she was searching for. It's like a pendant and it's like in this like weird skeleton thing in the wall and it's like got a heart and it's so beating that opens. It's like just a diva heart necklace. Like, you know, this one. No. No. <laughs> Ellie's already like, no, I'd repress those memories. Uh, not diva necklaces, the friendship necklaces that would connect. This oh uh, <laughs> would go green from wearing their rings. Yeah. Yeah. But she gets like sent into a that so raven vision when she like touches it <laughs> of her dad when he killed his whole family. So that's awesome. That's more nice. To add to her therapy bill. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot to say. Just imagine yeah. she's on the therapist couch. <clears throat> and they're like, all right, so what happened this week? Where were our breakthroughs? And she was like, well, I did relive my father murdering. Now actually my whole extended family that I didn't know was my family. Including <laughs> but not limited to children. And also Evil Elena. Yeah. Didn't quite go home. Enough with that one. <laughs> Arguably, she's the one that should have died. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know she was five at the time, but just put her out. Because also, that's also the creepy thing about Evil Elena. She is young, right? Like, does mm-hmm. she look young or does she just sound like a child? I think, I think she, she just sounds. Just sounds. Yeah. yeah. Either option's fucked. <laughs> like, it's yeah. like the body of a woman, and then it's like, hey! And you're like, ah! 
So when she comes to it, Evil Elena is there and she's being creepy as fuck. Like, hi, bitch. They get into an all-out brawl and our girl loses because she has wings and is off balance and everything is fucking mayhem. So that's good. Rain and Mish go out looking for our girl, but her psychotic cousin is going fucking nuts. Our girl is nailed by her wings to the wall and, like, the little minions are just being fucking weird. We get this moment. I jumped as I caught movement out of the corner of my eye and turned my head to see one of the youngest looking ones crawling on the ground near my feet, lapping at drips of blood falling from my wings. Good. No. Someone called the DCP. This next quote, which is, she didn't even know what she wanted to do with me. Love me, hate me, eat me, fuck me, kill me. Hell, all of those things maybe. Which is disturbing because cousins. Araya plays a prank on her cousin and manages to light the bitch on fire with night fire. And Rain comes to rescue her. And our girl is like, wow, why did you save me? I'm surprised you didn't take off with the pendant. Fucking hell, Because he fucking loves you, Aurora. We get this moment. I'm surprised it's still here, that you didn't fly off to wherever the fuck that place is with it. (laughs) This was what you were looking for, wasn't? You were fucking dying, he snapped. I had more important things to worry about than your father's games. (laughs) Violently vomits. He helps her by putting medicine on her wings and she asks for one honest thing. She asks if it was worth it. And we get this moment to die rather than killing you, he said quietly. Yes, that would have been worth it. Even I had to draw a line somewhere and you're that line, Aurea. (laughs) You're the line! So they start like starting up hanky panky with wing play. She's having like a wonderful time and things get heated, but the moment gets interrupted with Araya's anger again and also by Mish. So that's great. Thanks so much. Both Araya's anger, which has just been irking me the entire first half of this book. And thank you, Mish, for your terrible timing. (laughs) We meet Lilith, Vale's turned wife. She's got big cojones and she's also a cutie, so we like her. We then go back home after the eventful family visit and Rain and our girl get some beers and we get this moment. There's no one to kill. He chuckled and leaned closer, his face only a few inches from mine, and he murmured, You sound so disappointed, my murderous queen. Murderous Ah! queen? I go feral. I go feral oh. over the murderous pet name. Oh, so good. <laughs> when they go home from their night of drinking, our girl was like, well, I best go because you probs want to fuck someone. And Rain is like, I like a little fight, he murmured. Besides, she's ruined me for all others. My own fucking fault, though. I knew that from the beginning. Oh. <laughs> ruined for all others? Yes, I, it. I, I it. am using that. That's going to be in my wedding vows. From this point forward, you are ruined. (laughs) I love it. I love it. And so Ellie too. (laughs) Our girl then gets horny and she bites him and he's like, well then Ellie, if you want to taste, all you have to do is ask. And he like lifts up his neck and she says, you'd offer me your throat. That's stupid of you. Maybe, but you do have a fucking exquisite mouth and an even better tongue. Oh my God. God, Rain. Rain has an exquisite, dirty, dirty mouth. Yes, he does. Oh, my God. Violently ill. We learn more about how the nobles don't accept Rain and our poor honey and his trauma backstory. Rain also lets slip that he thinks that he has a traitor in the mix and he thinks it's Vale. Septimus tries to snake his way in with Araya by telling the story of like a family prophecy that one of his siblings would save the bloodborne kingdom and Nyaxia the cunt, in his own words, killed his sibling that was going to save everyone. Again, she is a cunt. She is. She is. Right She's cunt. like, you could have peace, but no. <laughs> but no, death. <laughs> instead they end up having like a celebration it's like a wedding ceremony type thing for Vale and Lilith but whatever but Rain is gobsmacked at how beautiful his girly is he's in the middle of like networking when she walks in and oh my fucking god but Simon the little cunt the one whose brother our like boy deheaded in the first book and the one who used him as a sex slave yeah he tries to talk to our girl But Rain steps in, right? And we get this moment. The smile that Rain gave Simon was barely even the facade of anything but a threat, wide enough to expose the sharpest points of his teeth. She's mine, he said. I don't share. Thank you. Thank you for that. 
No, you fucking don't. Just like the moment where he's mid-conversation and then like, you know, just looks as she walks in and then it's just like, I'm sorry, what? I love the double take. So good. They end up dancing and we get this fucking moment. Again, I'm bombarding you with quotes because there are so many good parts in my part. I was really lucky. We get this moment. Araya says, could have sworn you liked the dress. Rain says, oh, I do. The dress is an act of war, but you've always looked fucking fantastic in blood oh my god i can't i cannot the dress is an act of war the dress is an act of war it's too good it's too good i know and we follow that right up with i'd spend a lifetime at the tip of your blade and it would have been worth it fuck my actual life fuck it Fuck it right off. <laughs> when the dance finishes, our boy is like a little flustered and our girl is worried, but then good old fucking cupboard swoops <laughs> in to help him. But too bad we find out that he's a fucking traitor and he drugged Rain and Araya's getting a little bit frazzled. She's like, what the fuck is going on? And then Septimus, Septim piercing, fucking Septicunt, swoops in and knocks her out. <laughs> Septicunt, roll out. (laughs) She just puts a ball on his head. But yes, we're surrounded by a bunch of fucking cunts, basically. She wakes up and people are trying to disarm her, but she uses her sheer skill and determination and a little bit of that night fire to get the fuck out of there. She, like, starts running for rain, and she gets, like, the highest point of the tower because she, like, senses where he is. It's a whole thing. I fucking love it. And she gets the highest point of the tower, and when she opens the door, she sees Rishan's soldiers. I keep wanting to say Rissol soldiers, but it's not Rissol's She sees a bunch of Rissol's. <laughs> but yes, she sees Rishan's soldiers and Rain strung up by his wings and she fucking detonates. We get this moment. Power hurts. It requires sacrifices. Do you want to change this world, little serpent? Climb the bars until you're so high no one can catch you. I told you that once. I know because I did it, my daughter. I know like it's just so like too little too late it's but also, just a little too late <laughs> but also is it actually her dad or is it just her hearing his voice in her head but it's technically her who knows we at this point it's all befuddled it really is it is. a musical they might just jump out and start singing and they're all dancing oh my god flash mob <laughs> so she uses daddy's sword to destroy she walks in she's like have you met my friends? And they're like, what? And she's like, Des. She's got Des. And then she's got Troy written on each. Oh, each no. <laughs> Welcome uh, to the gun show. Yeah, literally. Rain's so, just strung up like, oh, I have my too much life. Don't yeah. me now. <laughs> she's still just standing there on the balcony being like, mwah. but it continues on and like she doesn't feel she doesn't see she just fucking fucks people up and when she ends everyone in that room she sees rain and he's like why are you here and she's like shut the fuck up it is not the time for questions they hear people coming and when rain is free he can't fly because his wings were fucked he can barely walk so they go to the railing of the balcony and then we get this fucking moment oh my god as the first soldiers breached the doorway i grabbed rain and held close you are so impossibly beautiful he murmured in my ear and then i spread my wings and we hurled ourselves over the edge of the balcony I don't care, like we know it's not the blood loss, but it could be the blood loss and I would still be going absolutely feral for that. That is just so, I die. She's also Um, a pretty competent flyer for someone who's only been doing it for a week. So, Look, to be honest, I feel like she just did a controlled drop. It wasn't necessarily a fly. (laughs) So Rain and Araya get to the human districts. Rain like collapses just outside of his secret apartment. A human ends up like helping them because they know that Rain is making a good change for the community thank you rain rain decides now is a good time for him to give araya her small wedding present it's a drawing of her mother done by vincent that he found in his snooping rain says that from his digging he thinks that she was like a sorceress of the goddess of the unknown and the weaver of fates he gives her money and has like everything set up so that she can leave and We get this moment. Rain says, I never apologized to you the way I should have because everything you've ever said about me has been right because you've always seen the goddess damn truth even when I was ashamed of it. What I did to you was unforgivable. 
so I won't ask for your forgiveness. I'm not going to stand here and tell you how sorry I am. What fucking good does that do for you? I don't want to ask you for anything. I want to give you what you should have had a long time ago because you, the air seemed to have left the room, left my body, leaving me standing there frozen, not breathing, not speaking as he stepped closer, closer. My chin tipped up to maintain eye contact. Mother, those eyes, they look like fire now, glistening, wet with tears that didn't quite overflow. You are everything, he choked out, voice ragged. Everything, <laughs> so go, Araya, go. Everything? Scream We're about crying. to get, like, my, one of my favourite quotes of the book as well. Basically, that this chapter just... is, like, my favourite quotes of the book. I know. This is why, basically, this entire page has been quoted. You're so fucking welcome. <laughs> <laughs> We follow that straight up with Araya saying, you have nothing but me and yet you'd let me go. And Rain says, I have nothing but you, so I am letting you go. Vomit. so good. It is Violently so... fucking vomit. Oh, screaming, crying, vomiting, shitting, queefing everywhere. Everything. Can I just say, somewhere, Hilary Duff is singing, let the rain come down and wash me clean. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> Yes. We continue on. Araya <laughs> is like, mate, it's just getting interesting. I ain't fucking leaving. And we get this fucking perfect imagery, which is, I don't know who moved first. The kiss was like a thunderstorm over the summer desert. A torrent tryst swept in all at once, obliterating the heat, so all-consuming that suddenly you remember nothing but the rain. All at once, he was everywhere. Nothing but the rain. Good pun rain. there. Good pun. Very good pun. It <laughs> also fits back in well with my reference <laughs> to let the rain. Yes. It does. Araya like throws him down on the bed and he winces. So she stops. But Rain is like, don't you fucking dare. We get this quote. Don't you dare stop, princess. Rain rasped, reading my face. The wince giving way to a twisted half smile. Please. I don't care if it fucking kills me. His calloused fingertips brush my cheek, sweeping, dangling black hair behind my ear. Only good thing about last time it happened was that you were the last thing I saw. (laughs) So good. But it doesn't fucking stop there because this is my favourite part of the fucking book. Are you fucking ready? Araya says, you told me once you would beg for me, so do it. Rain says, let me touch you, let me feel you, even though I don't deserve you, please. (laughs) Araya says, and? And Rain says, let me make you the queen that you are. Let me guard your body, your soul, your heart. Let me spend the rest of my fucking pathetic life at your mercy. If I need to die, then let me do it by your hand, please. And then she follows that up with, and? And Rain says, and for fuck's sake, princess, I'm begging you. Let me go to my knees for you. Holy mother of fucking God. I'm not. Let me worship you, Araya. And let me taste you when you come, please. Imagine you've gone down Hindley Street, okay? You've come on a journey with me. We're down Hindley Street. We've gone to the wool shed. We've just met this this really attractive man at the bar. We've decided, do you know what? I'm not a one-night stand kind of girl, but tonight I am. Let's go. He says this to you back at oh. his share house. I'm just like, wow, now I'm in love. Now I have That's to That's a super him. fucking specific story, Ellie, and it's making me uncomfortable because the yeah. wool shed... Really? (laughs) Also, for those that are are not from South Australia, (laughs) specifically, there is one bar on the club street of our city. And this one bar called The Woolshed has the ride on bull and is super fucking gross. Well, the reason I referenced it was because, like, that's not a place that you'd go where you'd think that you'd find the love of your life. But true, I'm sorry if you met somewhere and they said that to you. Just that's it. You're yeah, marrying take them. me, take me yeah. here and now on the ball. I don't care. <laughs> yeah, seriously, like, fuck it up. Fun. Just to end all that quote as well. There is also this tiny little bit that I just wanted to dabble in here because I love you all. Okay, and you deserve it. Which is take it all of it. It's yours. That's what he says when she is just plowing down on him. So that's good. Okay. Don't don't mind if I do. They fuck and they feed from one another and it is literally unbelievable and fucking brilliant and everything I've ever needed and ever wanted. So thank you, Carissa. Thank you so much. They wake up later that evening and decide they're going to fight Simon and the Bloodborne army. They travel through the sewers to find a way into the castle. They have to save Mish. So when they get to like the tunnels for the castle, they split up. Algol goes to her rooms to find the pendant. 
But surprise, Mish is there. But they can't escape because like a shadow born prince arrives and he's like, well, isn't this interesting? But Mish doesn't give him a chance to finish that thought before she leaps on him like a spider monkey and kills him. Sick. Yeah, but it was intense. Not sick, because turns out that the Shadowborn Prince was the one who turned her against her will, which is a big fucking yikes. They meet up with Rain and get Vale and Lilith and the others out of the dungeons, and they fucking run for it. They end up going to like meet up with Jessamine. She and Rain are staring at each other, like on either side of the desk, and they're just like. No one is safe. Jessamine agrees to help them and they will basically have an army of the Hiaj and the Rishan vampires to take back the throne. And Rain and Araya will rule together and we love that. They go to some hot springs to wash off and they also fuck and we also love that moment too. The Hiaj and Rishan soldiers are oddly working together they're almost at the castle, but will the army be enough? We get this moment between Rain and Araya. His eyes flicked to mine and I saw that fear reflected back at me like a mirror to my own. It stirred a complicated knot of emotions in my stomach, words that I didn't know how to untangle. And more trauma. Just want you to know, Araya, that you were the best part of it. The best part of it all. Vomits oh violently. The day they're going into war to fight Simon, we get another vomit-worthy moment where GD literally is physically unwell, where he says, give them hell, princess. He said, I'll see you soon. I can't. I don't. I ha- uh, uh, physically unwell. This is one of the only times I'll accept the word princess. Yeah. Yeah. So the battle begins and our girl is taking the tunnels and Rain is facing the soldiers in the sky. Rain isn't having a good time because he sees Simon and like flies for him. But turns out Simon isn't Simon or he is. But Septimus is fucked with him and they've like smashed Vincent's pendant, melted it down and mixed it with Simon's blood and some god teeth. So that is fucking sick. So although it looked like Rain was winning, Simon turns the tides real quickly because he's like, look at these titties, but these teethies. Yeah. <laughs> That's concerning. Oh my God, septum piercing gave Simon some bad piercings. It's and they're so infected. Weird. They are. It's not good. It is not good. Araya like feels something in the air and she runs to the top of the tower and she sees Simon and Rain. Simon is like surrounded by like this red flame and it's all really iffy. God's teeth kind of iffy. But Rain and Araya fight Simon. Neither are doing well. The whole army isn't doing well. The Rissol soldiers, I just went with it. We gotta say it with confidence. The Rissol soldiers come and fight Rain while Araya and Simon like battle it out. We'll call the bad Rissol soldiers the bad Rissol soldiers and the other ones could be the Rishan. <laughs> I like the distinction. But Araya and Simon are battling it out, but it's literally no use. Our girl gets pushed to the railing and some light thing happens and then she flies off the balcony and we get this fucking moment. Araya, rain scream cleaved through the air, even through the sounds of a kingdom falling. I forced my eyes open to see smears of blurring colour. He was diving down after me, wings spread, covered in blood, a single hand reaching out for me. Something about this image looked so familiar, and then it clicked. The painting of the Rishan man falling, one hand outstretched. I'd always thought he was reaching for the gods. He was reaching for me. Everything <gasps> went black. Oh! Vomit. Oh Screaming. Rain is forcing a retreat, like flying through the place with Araya's limp, bloody body in his arms. But she is alive, barely. Rain is too far away from so many of the places that they would go to. So he decides to go to her mother's homeland, Vatana. When he gets there, he asks for help. Everyone is like, whoa, dude. But then her aunt is there. Surprise. <laughs> well, we're rudely interrupted from the adrenaline rush that was that last chapter, and we're thrown into an interlude. We're getting some behind-the-scenes shit from when Rain betrayed his old bastard king, and he tries and fails to get Nezarin, remember that bitch, to leave with him. <laughs> she refuses, and we all question her sanity, because you fucked yeah. that man. He asks you to go with him. Why would you say no? 
She tells him to leave and he does. And that's the last of her, thank God. Back in present time, Araya is alive. Ayla has managed to save her because she is a bomb-ass healer who gets her fancy magic fingers from a different god. She wakes Ooh. up to find Rain in a teeny tiny chair and he's a big, large man, so that's just brilliant. Mm, it's so good. <laughs> he's next to her and he's asleep because he hasn't left her side and oh my God, mm. this man. So this good. Man. Bare minimum also, but mm, still, yeah, taking it. We do have a very beautiful family reunion here with our long lost aunt who fills us in on what happened with Daddy Vincent and her mum. Turns out that she was a seer and went to offer her skills to Vincent. They fell in love while working on some dark secret project we can only imagine is the god blood, but then she got pregante and left his ass. Mm. She ended up marrying a guy called Malcolm without the M and they had more babies. <laughs> but then oh boom, a bomb splatters them all dead. Sad. Araya is the only survivor and that's when Daddy V steps in. We do Gosh. get a very heartbreaking moment though. This is a quote. I knew that I was loved by Vincent and Vincent alone, but he erased everyone else. Let me believe that I was alone in this world. No. Daddy issues personified. Just, Literally. Just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It is. Ayla ends up gifting Araya with the matching bracelet to her mother's earrings and necklace that she was wearing. And a wham bam thank you ma'am, a magic map appears on her hand. Jesus, wham bam thank you ma'am. <laughs> Rain and Araya make an educated guess that the map leads to treasure in the form of god blood. And their best option is to have their army march slightly behind them to protect Rain and Araya while they retrieve the blood. And they just have to hope that the blood will be some form of weapon, which sounds like a risky plan. But yeah, that's all they've really got at this point in time. So yeah, fuck it up, really. We get more reunions brought to you by Ancestry.com where Araya meets <laughs> her uncle. And again, Jesus, like the good man that he is, he bows before our queen. Mm-hmm. His mate, Tamara, not to be confused with Tamara, is described as a butch woodcutting lesbian and I am here for it. She also got up to some vigilante shit and would harness her inner blade, putting down vamps in her spare time. She's gathered a small army of humans who will march with Araya's army. Unky Jace, not to be confused with Uncle Jake from another book, makes <laughs> Araya some sick-ass knives that are better than the ones that Daddy V gave her because they're hers. And then yeah. it's game on, Moles. Here we go. Indeed. So Rain and Araya fly off together towards the treasure map and stop overnight which is kind of the daytime in a tiny tent and well you know what happens when there's a little bit of forced proximity penetration that's what Feral. happens Araya wants to feel our guy from every angle and I do not blame her mm. there's no room in their tiny tent they're in standard missionary they've never done it before they're making love slowly it's epic and then we get this heart-wrenching motherfucking quote so I choked out rain against his lips a question an answer a plea because that name was all of those things wasn't it rain my downfall my most valuable supporter my weakness and my strength my worst enemy and the greatest love I'd ever known I'm going to be fucking violently ill is this the bit where he is on top for the first time it is and, she's and she knows, you know, I kind of noticed, but I hadn't really noticed that every other time they've had sex, she's been on top. He has specifically made sure that she is in control of everything. And then she trusts him enough to let him win. I know. We all thought Missionary was bland. It's fucking it's, not. It's, fine. it's not. <laughs> it's just so beautiful. Justice for the missionary position. Okay. <laughs> so he watches her come and then he comes and then they lay down and they wait for their final fight together. And I'm not prepared. Can the book just end here? Like we're happy. We're, we've orgasmed. We've climaxed. I would accept if the book ended here, even if we were camping, like we're in a tent and I'm like, you know what? It's probably for the best. I'm not a tent gal, but that's fine. I'd go in a tent with rain any day. Anyway, we go into rain's point of view now and he watches his girl sleep because he wanted to spend what might be the last few hours of his life memorizing her. I fucking die. Violently can... ill. And then when the sun goes down and Araya wakes up, she asks him how he slept and he says, perfect and I die perfection. So the next day, our army has arrived and wouldn't you know it, there's a door in the desert. Turns out that rain can't even touch it without blistering like my shoulders after 20 minutes in the sun without my SBF 50 plus. So oh as God. she's heading in, Simon's army appears and they're severely outmanned. He tells her he will hold them off with the others. We have quotes. Prepare yourselves. I love you, he said in a single urgent breath. I just, I need you to know that. I love you, Araya. And then he kissed me once, roughly, messily, and he was gone before I had the chance to oat say anything else literal, like, what are we, tears. <laughs> what are we meant to do with that like carissa what what are we meant to do with that 
Can I just say, thank God she didn't say it back at that moment because now I knew in this moment that they both had to live because of course she had to say it back to him. Like every other brilliant romance story ever. So yeah, they they, they part their ways and we're back with Rain who commands Val to hold line no matter what. And you know, I have goosebumps when you just get that like direct command from like an army guy and he's saying another army guy to do a thing. I'm like, oh, Yes. Just yes. say that again. <laughs> Where's yes. my hanky? Orders. <laughs> Ripping. Uh, tell me more. Anyway, Rain spots Simon, which isn't hard because he's a fucking flying zombie at this point. And he just, <laughs> yeah. he lines him With up. his teeth out and everything. Yeah, teeth, <laughs> teeth out to the wind. It's just, it's a whole time. But now we're back with Araya, who hasn't had enough carrots because she can't see in the dark. And she oh, just gosh. Falls down the stairs. Not the like, D joke. <laughs> I know. Imagine if I got this far. And I, I, I die because I fell down some stairs. <laughs> Quickly, she works out she needs her blood to access whatever is locked away. So she cuts her hand and she places it on the stone. But now we're back with rain. Like we're just going to swap really quickly throughout this last part of the book just to keep you on edge, and it works. Mm-hmm. Rain and Simon, who's now looking like Prince Philip in the decade before he actually. <laughs> But he actually won't die. He looks like it, but he's just, he's not getting there. Rain's getting swings in and clearly injuring him, but Simon just keeps on keeping on. Rain gets what should be a killing blow in and it sends them just both hurtling towards the ground. But now we're back with Araya and she's in a a memory with Daddy V. He's checking out his future baby mama as they construct this room. She tells him he needs to put us into the spells and feelings of power and greatness that he thinks with his cock and instead thinks about her and her mouth and that's it and that's the memory that Araya gets so that's that's fun. <laughs> oh, it's like walking that's, in on your parents oh, doing it woo. yeah just her warm mouth oh good thanks dad <laughs> anyway we've unlocked phase one so we get to the next one and this time daddy v hates his baby mama because she left him and he turns into a class a douchebag the classic she came from nothing i gave her everything shtick i wonder when he was giving those feelings to the spell he thought of his feelings for her yeah so they're in the spell how much much of that then was left in the real world that he was actually able to feel. Oh, that's a good point. I just thought he was a gaslighting piece of shit. But oh, like he's definitely he that, but I think he, <laughs> I took it as he becomes that because he's literally given up given his up. feelings without realizing his mind just drifted and then it was gone. It was sucked into the spell. And so that's why this memory version that Araya interacts with is kind of a bit like softer. See, I um, pictured it as him being like, I need to think of something powerful, my dick in her mouth. <laughs> <laughs> my giant fucking vampy dick my giant horse cock but Ick. despite him feeling like he would die without her he decides to gaslight the shit out of her he's not pleased with the news of his seed because he sees that as a threat and in all honesty he has some serious fucking issues he needs to work out in therapy well we snap back to rain who has somehow managed to survive but things aren't great because our least favorite bitch is back nezanin Oh, I thought it was going to be Angelica. No, not Angelica this time. I thought we were done with this bitch, but no. Now he's imagining her trying to pull him away to go with her, and I think the fuck not. (laughs) Thankfully, Rain agrees with me and comes to the realisation that she is just a giant pussy in more ways than one. (laughs) True. He comes to his senses, and wouldn't you know it, Simon, a.k.a. Zombie Phil, is raring to go for another round. Despite Rain's body literally being half broken, he notices how close they are to Araya, and he knows he will do whatever it takes to keep Zombie Phil out there. Why is it zombie Phil? Because he's a zombie and he looks like Prince Philip, zombie Phil. Oh. <laughs> also known as ZP. 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 Oh my god. Or ZP. Depends on where you are in the world. True. Anyway, meanwhile, Araya is in her own intense therapy session faced with the image of Daddy V again. She finally gets to confront him for all of the lies and secrets before heading into another memory. And this time it's the night that Araya's family were blown up. We're confronted with Daddy V's hesitation of whether to kill his daughter but wouldn't you know it, he loves the damn kid. He decides to become the opposite of his father which in high 
hindsight may not have been the best idea, but hey, at least he didn't kill her. Bare minimum stuff here, guys. Yeah, Just... gets points for trying, I guess. Uh, Araya channels her inner Kylie Jenner and begins realising things. <laughs> Firstly, she understands the complexity of her relationship with Daddy V. And secondly, she probably shouldn't use the god blood because it sounds deadly as fuck. <laughs> But now we're back with Rain, and it appears that Zombie Phil is getting the better of him because the motherfucker will not die, and it feels a little too close to home. 2020, we all said it anyway. <laughs> By this point, he's literally looking like a half-dead lizard person, but he still replays the Eye of the Tiger chorus, and he just continues. But Well, you can just picture it just going on in the background, and he just reassembles. He's just sticking limbs back onto himself. He's, like, trying to stick it back on. He's got, like, kitty glue, and he's like... <laughs> well, Rain cops an almighty smacking from Zombie Phil, but rallies one last time after seeing Araya emerge and just stabs him. Finally, it appears ZP is down, but so is Rain. Oh, God, scream crying. Araya copes as well as me in this turn of events, and just please bear with me for this heartbreak. Above me, blood rained down from the heavens. Around me, my people fell to the blades of my enemies. Before me, my husband died. Like, the cinematics alone of the actual what is happening in this scene beyond just our lovebirds. Oh, my God, I, I just, can't. yeah. And then she's crying over his body again, like... I know. I know. She calls upon the god Nyaxia to offer her the blood of her husband in exchange for the Coriatus bond. Nyaxia takes one look at Zombie Phil and just obliterates him. We all applause in this moment because it's about damn time, as Lizzo says. Seriously. I live for the applause. <laughs> <laughs> Nyaxia is a petty bitch and says, nah, you're better off without him. Plus, I like it when my kids fight and if you join forces, I'd lose some of my viewing entertainment. Hmm. Our girl, she was not having it, so she decides to call upon her mother's god. She turns out to be much nicer than Nyaxia and decides to grant them the Coriatus bond but warns them that doing so will piss off Nyaxia, something chronic. That's a problem for a later book. That's neither here nor there, just... Save our man, okay? That's future so, Rain and Araya's problem. Yeah. <laughs> That's their problem. Sorry. <laughs> we don't care about that right now. That's a book like four or five problem. That's not a yeah. book yeah. two problem. No. no, 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 no. So she goes through the whole binding process and Araya is reciting their wedding vows. I'm sobbing. I'm not okay. Bom. But then we wake up and we're in the palace. And Araya, she's just feeling a little bit different. She races out to find Rain and the first thing she says to him is, I love you. They check out their new matching air marks and Mish walks in on them half naked and everything is just bright with the world once more. They decide their first act in power will be to spare the traitor. Mm, so we've had Capsicum, Corn, Cupboard, let's do Carnival. The traitor Carnival, his life, and instead lock him up for a few decades. Good. Such a power move. I like it when you can be like the bigger person. I'm rarely that person. Person, but I like it when you can be. We don't really know where Septimus is, but we don't really care. A problem for another book. We go on to have a little coronation ceremony for the gods and their kingdom, and you know, the kingdom is united and it's all very cheery, really. Mish ends up telling Rain she needs to go on her own journey to discover who she is, and well, I guess there's book three. Yeah. We end this book with Rain and Araya sneaking out of their own party to drink cheap beer. I love it. I'm glad with the way it ended, but I also felt like it's building, you're like, oh my. Oh my god oh my god oh my god and then at the end you're like oh okay we're fine yeah mm. and it's like i don't want to not be fine like it felt like she pulled the punch they could have just had a side character that we didn't really care much of die but yeah well that's it that's ashes and the star cursed king done sick Yay. so we do have a music reference for you all and it's called from the grave by james arthur so the lyrics are from the grave i'll crawl through the pouring rain for you i would pay the cost to be in your arms again the fire i would walk through for all the pain i caused you i would pay the cost to be in your arms again oh my god rain right and yeah the pouring rain hillary duff pouring rain. hillary duff okay <laughs> so we're very lucky that there is already more fan art being generated because like we said in our serpent episode when there's a book that's like newly released it's really hard sometimes to get fan art if we cover it straight away but there's already stuff so we've got by alice maria power she has done this black and white version of araya that's got like serpents over the top and some daggers by hatch and draws she's also done an araya then by alicia.mb.r she has done Araya 
Arya and oh, she looks good. I saw this and I was like, I need it. I mm-hmm. love it. And I will die on the hill of her. By Bookish Avaril. They have done line artwork. Almost like tarot card. There's rain falling with the quote, he was reaching for me with his oh. air tattoo on his back. And then she's also done one. These felt like mine and it's like Aurea with her air tattoo on her neck and her tits are looking great and her two knives. <laughs> um, I'm just tits are looking tits. great. Then by underscore Kate Share, like like the singer Share underscore, she has done an Aurea and Rain with their air tattoos and they're gorgeous. I love it. And then by Palin Line Art, we have Rain and Aurea in their armor. Screaming. Oh my god, love it. Oh, this book did things to me. I loved it. It was so, so good. Okay, so yes, that is all for The Serpent and the Wings of Night yeah. for the time being. More books to come in the future. But for now, we are taking a very sharp detour to the world of smart once again. And this time we are here for women with violence. Double thumbs it. up. We are reading the Mindfuck series by S.T. Abby. Rest her beautiful soul. This series is a bundle of about five books. They're all small novellas. So what we're going to do is we're going to split it over a few episodes. So you won't have to worry about trying to finish the entirety of the book in one week. So that's something to look forward to. Again, we love women with violence. We love them. Please destroy us. Thank you. Women's rights, much. women's wrongs. Yes. yes. And women's destructive natures. Sick. Love it. But yes, so that's what we're covering next week. Tune in. We love you. Whatever. <laughs> wow, that was really genuine. I do actually love you. Okay. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> wow. But anyway, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you haven't already at a Book and a Bev podcast. Please rate, like, and subscribe. We hear that helps. We love and appreciate you, and we'll see you next week.